Hey everybody, welcome to Bike Radio. What's up everybody, Josh Noggle, aka CX Noggin. <laughs> yes. I'm a mountain bike racer, cyclocross racer, road racer, gravel racer, a little bit of everything. Fellow coach at Evoke That Bike. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching the athletes since 2010. I've trained with power myself for over 150,000 miles. I think I'm most proud of nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums uh, just to show my consistency in the game and hunger to get better for myself and this community. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow and download episodes from Spotify. And if you really want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom where a donation of even a couple dollars will help us pay for everything that keeps this free podcast going. Now off to the show. Ooh, what are you drinking? Got myself an iced coffee, man. Oh, dude, I actually... There we go. I mean, it's 10 seconds. Dude, I really wanted to have a coffee, but it's 3 p.m. So you live dangerously like that. Yeah. So I wanted, I, I just got my booster, my COVID booster. So I wanted to get myself a treat on the way home. Where'd you stop? Uh, <laughs> there's just local coffee shop. Um, I actually don't know the name of it. I call it by a name that isn't its name. I was going to say, you burned them by laughing like, haha, this local place. That's- no, I actually it- don't know the name. I so was thinking, don't- I- Is it mediocre? No, it's actually pretty good. It's cool. It's like a cute little shop. But so I call it Quiet Whisper. I don't know why. I've just always referred to it. And that's not the name. I'm like, oh, yeah, Lucy, let's get a coffee from Quiet Whisper. And she knows what I'm talking about now. Where did that come from? I have no idea. Quiet Whisper doesn't even make any sense. I just think it's kind of funny. It is funny. Maybe that's your nickname, CX Noggin or Quiet Whisper. No, I don't like Quiet Whisper. That's weird. That's like a. It's really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> it's weird. Hey Josh. Hey Josh. What are you doing? Oh boy, <laughs> dude, we're gonna get like a bunch of new ASMR fans. I don't know what that means. That's like that's like when people like you know like talk into the microphone and like eat and stuff, and people like it. Ew! What? That's so yeah. weird. It's weird. Mm. I was actually thinking about that today because I've got, so I have the Yeti mic, which I tried a couple times. People have said it does sound crisp, but you really need to be on point with it. I know there's a setting that will just soak up the room. I might bring that to Ecuador to do podcasts with the team if we have like a meeting or something, but also with me and Matt, I just booked our, so we get there two days before everybody. So we had to get a hotel. We found out what the race hotel is. So I booked a room there for the two nights before it starts. It looks amazing actually. And the breakfast pictures on hotels.com look fire. Fred, it's so South American. It's these amazing omelets, some granola and bread and a huge platter of fresh fruit. And I'm just drooling. So I'm curious. I need to do a little investigating. I haven't even sat down and really made time to look through Guayaquil and understand where I'm even going. So just, yeah, getting pumped. Just so many little things to do. But we're really excited to ship out on Sunday morning. So will you, we talked about this in the last episode, but you'll just go right for, are you, you're not worried about like, it's like omelets and fruit and stuff and are you worried at all about like how that will sit with you at all? I thought about it this morning as I was making oatmeal and these trips, you just don't have the control of what you want to eat. And I'm sure there will be a point where it's cereal or it's sugary and something that I might, you just have to pick the best option. For sure. I think to waste energy worrying about stuff. I mean, I don't even know what, I don't know what it's going to be like right after the race, what's available. I was thinking of packing some RX bars since they have carbs and protein and just be able to crush those on, on the, in the van. Who knew? I don't know what the transportation is going to be like. There's a big caravan that follows up, follows the race with all of our stuff since we're going point to point. There's just so many little logistics. I'm just pumped. Just watching the channel that releases the jerseys they put out all the stage uh images when you're going to a race and they have images for each stage like hey here's the profile here's this This is where you leave here's the departure time oh yeah okay so yeah this is a uci race this is 
just things that it's we pro. It's super yeah, pro, man. It's awesome. Super pro. Super excited for just yeah, the journey. It's gonna be the adventure is gonna be so cool. And yep. really just Here's wanna a- wanna get there and have the bike built up and be like, okay, we're good. Let's roll. And then we have two days to kind of cruise around and then meet these guys that we're racing with. I only have crossed paths with Joey Bacala before. I don't know the other three guys. I know the other two guys. So there's five or six of us. I can't remember. But here we go. Hey, will you do a post-stage cool down? Or you you probably just ride around. I'm thinking like on the trainers because that's like super pro. But you'll just probably spin around. I I would just spin around. And I don't even know if that's super pro. I mean, I know some pros do that. I don't think every pro does that. I really don't like the trainer. I don't think I'll be on a trainer at all. Definitely not beforehand. Um, and really before is when I do my pre-race pee, go spin down the road. And I'm like, oh, I got to piss. And then usually take two of those. And then we're ready to rock and roll. But it's going to be nutty. Eight days, 745 miles. I saw them post. I was like, whoa, 1,200 kilometers? That's a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. I think I'll be hopefully racing for four days. As I said in the last podcast, once we go to the mountains, eh, who knows? Hey, what about, you posted that Star thing is, is well, I guess he's not. A, is he a Moby? I can't think right now. Who is the dude we were talking about who might? so that team is also um we're talking about richard carapaz well possibly because i posted that jersey and someone was like oh that's insane that they're going to be there moby star i believe is sponsoring the national team so that's not moby star that we all know i had missed my post was misleading because i said oh recognize that or i think i said i recognize them or whatever and i was kind of referring to the company and then i it dawned on me oh this is not the team it looks like i'm saying the team the team's not going to be there so that would be the team that he raises for i don't know if he's in it or not but yeah it's gonna be crazy and that's an interesting thing too if you think of a joe martin let's say you know or any uci race here in the states the very few of them that there are the start list is so insane. You just look through and there's a hundred people that are shredders. I could look on this start list. I'm not going to know next to anybody. You know, I don't know people that race down in Ecuador and all around wherever everybody's coming from, but team America, here we go. But you know what, dude, that's nice. I was thinking about that. Like this is on a whole, you're on a different level, obviously, but I'm saying like when I first started racing cross going to those races, and there were some dudes who were like really strong road guys. And I didn't know who they were. And it was just like, hey, whatever. But now that I know more people, I'm like, oh, man, so-and-so signed up. But it's like, you kind of psych yourself out. It's kind of like a different headspace when you don't know. When you don't know, you give your best. And that is, I first realized this when I did the Powder Mills Park Road Race in Rochester. It was a P12 race. And I, I was only a cat, too. This because this is part of the story and getting a break. The course was super fun. I was so, so bummed that they ended up not, they stopped putting it on and it was a hard circuit and we used to train over there. So I knew the roads pretty well, but there was a climb that was probably, I can't even remember now. Maybe it, it was maybe like a two and a half minute full gas effort. And then like kind of a super fast ascent on the other side, some tricky, little false flats where if people hit it and you weren't ready to go full gas, people could definitely get dropped in a spot where you didn't expect to get dropped. So anyways, I get a break of four guys and there was one guy that I did not know. And it came to a sprint finish. It was one guy from Ithaca who was super strong. I never knew this guy's name, but I ended up winning the sprint and this guy came up to me afterwards and we were chatting and someone was like, dude, do you know who that is? I'm like, no, he's like, that's Daniel Harm. He's a, I can't remember if he raced on the track for the U S team, but he was a cat one. He raced with a Stellis, huge NRC crit guy. He's like, dude, are you doing all the NRC races this year? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm a cat too. He's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah. He's like, damn. 
how long have you been racing? So we started talking. Had I known who, then I looked this guy up later. And I was like, whoa, I'd be Daniel Harm. <laughs> had I known that, I never would have tried to sprint him. I would have been so freaked out and maybe I would have made the wrong move. And, but I, I, was, I was thinking, hey, I've got a pretty decent sprint. I didn't think I could get away at the way the course ended. And I was thinking, oh, well, this is what it's going to be. So I'm going to sprint this guy uh, and the other two guys. So, yeah, you're totally right. It's when you know everybody, it definitely changes things and maybe not always for the better. But so that's, it, this is a good question then. So if an athlete comes to you, let's say cat four, cat three, whatever, any, any category, it doesn't matter. And they're going to a race. Are you telling them to do some research on the other riders to go on, you know, road results and stuff? So I want to put this out on the internet. I, this is maybe my weak link. So for a really long time, I never even looked at the course. I would just go race. I don't know. I just felt there was, there was no Strava for a long. So that's the other thing too. There was no Strava. There was a profile that the promoter might put out, which there was one promoter that his profiles were so off in terms of the amount of climbing. It would say, 4,000 feet, you'd finish, it would be 7,500. So it just didn't seem that reliable. And I would hear some chatter of where the hard parts were. But to be honest with you, I did bat and kill. I still don't know what this one climb is because we're, as a cat three, we're coming to the finish. And I asked him like, hey, when's that big climb? And they go, dude, we just went over it. I was like, that was, a, there was no... And I was lucky. I got to go to Bristol every once in a while. Those were climbs. They were climbing Bristol Mountain. What is that? 10-minute climb? Like It was long enough that it was you were climbing. It wasn't an hour. But some of these little climbs that people, you know, so I don't know. So to your question, I still don't do a ton of research. I do more than I used to. People that use Google Street View... Maybe for the finish, I don't know if you're, I don't, I wouldn't, number one, I don't have time to look through a map and maybe that, that's an excuse. I mean, I could make time, I guess. I just don't know if I see the value in that and overthinking it. Yeah, I think street view is probably overkill, but I think I bring the cross mentality to it where like knowing the course is super important, you know, like you mm-hmm. kind of. Sometimes I think about, you know, like, uh, cool runnings where they're in the, they're in the bathtub and they have the, the bobsled moves memorized, you know, like where the turns are, uh, that's, that's, that's totally overkill. But I think about that. Like, I mean, that's the way other end of the spectrum, but it's a good visualization, but no, but I, so I take that and I tell my athletes, yeah, like, like do your research, at least know the course. You don't have to go crazy. Um, but then know who to watch, you know, know who to follow, who are the dudes? Like if so-and-so signs up, if that guy goes or a couple of guys go, like you need to be in that move. So I need to, and, and this is why I need to be careful. Of, and this, if, if this is the first podcast, people listen to, they're like, well, this guy's a tool, but for a lot of local amateur races, I can get away with that mistake. I'm going to be one of the stronger guys. So it's like, Ooh, damn, I'm in a bad spot. And I burn a match and it's okay. Do that at the do that at this race in Ecuador. Bye, race is over, and that's happened to me before. I went up. I you know I've talked about. I attacked with Jamie. Oh man, who was this guy on Garneau? Can't remember his last name. I don't even think he races anymore. And we were at Tour Tuna, and maybe this was the last podcast we were talking about this. I attacked on this first climb. Didn't realize it was a stair step. Thought I saw the top was not the top and instead got dropped within first five miles. Horrible, (laughs) horrible. But so had I known the course now I do try to load the course on my Garmin, which has been helpful, but that is still, that almost threw me off a little bit. The North Carolina state road race. I was trying to use that. And, and sometimes just the map does not show how hard the climb can be. So I think doing the homework would be wise. Spend 30 minutes on it. I know people that spend two hours. If you want to go for it, you won't find me doing that. So I'm, I'm with you. That's overkill. Find a balance. But speaking of the map, I think the map is good. I've used the maps for downhills, like a GMSR. 
to know like, okay, how long is this downhill? Where are the turns coming up? Like keep all your speed going into this. But the turn, see the turn, see that I would not like that. Cause I've looked at maps before and been waiting for the sharp turn. And it's not really that sharp. And then there's others where in blowing rock, you cannot go full gas. I mean, it's a switchback and it doesn't look that bad. And then I don't know, maybe I just suck at maps quite possible, but I think like a lot of things here, what we're getting at is experiment and see what works for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. So can I, can I address the ghost Eden real quick? Yeah, do it. Okay. So two people talking about, and I'm making chapter notes here. Um, somebody had messaged me because I posted on Instagram. Hey guys, if we do a free power file analysis for you. Please don't ghost us. Don't, Send us all your data. We upload it. This is not a algorithm that does this. We go through and spend about an hour on you, providing you with free recommendations on how to get faster. What are you bad at? What are you good at? Where are you trying to go? What are your goals? We have all these questions we ask the athlete. We make a video overview for you. We send it to you. It is totally free. And it irritates the crap out of me when we send it to you and then you do not reply. And so I was in a zone yesterday talking to CX Noggin. And I said, who are these two dudes that just did this to you? And so he gave me their emails. I'm like, great, I'm going to reach out to them. He's like, what, wait, what are you going to say? And so I just said, hey, I wanted to jump in here. Did you just ghost us? Because we never heard back from you. That was two and a half weeks ago. All I'm asking for is, hey, this was good. Hey, this sucked. We spent some time on it. I think that's okay to ask. And somebody replied back to me saying, hey, man, uh, a little snarky. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm following up because you went blank after we provided a free service. We spent over an hour on you for free. I get that you're busy, but just hit us back being like, this was awesome. This is going to make me faster. Thank you so much. See ya. We're not, that's not our hook to get you to come pay us money. I, I hope that by now, unless you've just found this channel, there is so much information that we have put out that you can coach yourself with a lot of things. <laughs> and I guess I should make a post of what's different between using the free stuff and actually having to coach. But just that someone thinks it's acceptable to take that time and then just bounce. That's not cool. Please don't do that to us. And yeah, so that's, there were a couple people responding back. And one other guy was like, whoa, you're pissed off. And I was like, no, man, but this needs to be said. Don't tool on us. Cause we're the, I don't, I think we're the only people out there doing something like this. I could totally be wrong. I don't know every coach, but I think we're trying to go above and beyond to give something back to the cycling community. And it's mostly for people that can't afford a coach. We're just trying to help you. Our hook is not to. Yeah. So that's, that's my beef with that. Ooh, so if I'm on beef, I had some Thanksgiving beef with my family. Wait, hold on. I want to, I want to say one more thing on the PFAs. I don't want to yeah. harp on it too much. I just want to say, and if you don't like it, if it wasn't helpful, then dude, like, let us know. Like, I'm fine with that. Yes. I'm, we're spending time on this. And if you're like, oh, I really wanted to know this, I'm spending time trying to help you. And if you're like, I really wish you had gone this direction, let me know. Then I know that for other athletes, I'm all yeah. for that. Because mo, I would say 80% of the athletes say, whoa, this is crazy in depth. I can't believe you just did this for free, especially, and this is, this is a plug. The ones that are like, that tell me, dude, I have a coach. I didn't tell you that, but I haven't gotten this much communication in a month. And so just remember communication is key. If you're paying somebody, make sure they're talking to you, whether it's through simply through tra training peaks or through email or WhatsApp or however you guys communicate. I communicate with a lot of athletes just through training peaks. And there just has to be something because coaching is not, is not getting you to come on board and then pasting you just a bunch of workouts. Please don't pay for that. I think I've given out enough stuff that you could make something so much better for your, for yourself and you will come out so much better in the end. And I'm sorry this turned into a four minute soapbox about ghosting and how bad templates are, but just a little bit of effort from you will take you so much farther. So anyways, getting spooky in here with all this ghost talk. It is getting spooky. I'm scared. All right. Let's hear this. Beef. I, don't want, I don't want this to be like, why? Like you guys, 
pouting about people ghosting. I just thought it was super rude. I would never do. I mean, anyways. So how was your turkey day? I got beef. Like people were not happy that I was going to go ride. And the problem was it was super cold. It was 26 at 8 a.m. I was not going out for that. And then, of course, comes well, we're eating at one. You have to be here at one. Okay. Oh, there were other people that had to work. There's other things going on. So it's not like everybody was there immediately at one. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going to ride then from 10 to one. And someone's like, well, when you walk in the door, you're not going to be ready to eat. You have to look at your power file. You have to look at Strava. And I was thinking, uh, okay, I'm going to ride after. I'm going to ride from two to five. Well, lo and behold, of course, stuff's not ready at one. So it's 1.30 and we're sitting down. People are like, okay. Hey, why don't you grab your plate since you're going to go ride after this? Like, grab my plate. I'm going to go crush a VO2 max workout. I'm not eating. They're like, you're not even going to eat now? And I was like, I no, I can't. And so that was, I'm going to be an accountable aunt and take, I should have just, I think the move was say, okay, get, <laughs> I guess people are probably like, okay, the move was don't ride. The move was probably ride shorter but I was thinking in my head, I'm not even riding four hours. I'm going to ride three hours and I should have ridden two and just said, I'm going to ride 10 to 12. I'll be back. It was so, and, and then I was kind of pissy and Chris <laughs> said I was an a-hole. He's like, you're being a jerk up there. And I was like, what? He's like, seriously, man, just the dinner was late and then you were grouchy. And, I'll, and I said, well, because people were telling me, I've ridden every Thanksgiving. And people were, you know, mad that I was going to ride like this was some new thing. And I don't know. So I misplayed that. So I thought that was interesting. Just trying to, you know, managing. God, it's the totem pole. Like what's most important? No doubt the family. But I even said, hey, isn't driving 10 hours down here showing how important it is for me to be here? if I disappear for two hours, is that a problem? And I really, then when my brother-in-law came home from work, I really wanted to be like, okay, aren't we going to crucify him now for being gone for the past eight hours? I didn't do that though. How, was your, th- how was your thing? <laughs> how should I have handled that better? Well, what I was going to say was, I think, yes, dude, you are a little bit, maybe, maybe some, some additional planning could have gone, could have helped a little bit there. But what I was going to say was, isn't, isn't one o'clock kind of an, a, a strange time to eat at Thanksgiving? I don't think so. Cause it was, well, that was the other thing. So my brother-in-law wasn't going to get home till six 30. So we were doing the real dinner at seven, but these normies who don't ride have to eat twice. And so we did the baked Turkey or oven, whatever, not the deep, they do deep fried turkeys there at night this was the oven all these accoutrements it was really good it looked really good i didn't get to eat it and then and i was actually okay this was the thing that really burned me so i finished this ride and i had to sorry i think i'm yelling i'm getting amped up over here i come back and i'm thinking this turkey is going to be the bomb it's going to be still hot and whatever i got back everything was packed away so i was already eating leftover turkey it was already in the fridge in a bag I'm thinking, you effers, couldn't you have waited another hour to pack this up? You knew I was coming back. I think my sister was pissed, but whatever. She can I leave. Don't, I don't know, bro. From an outside observer here, I'm saying that you you wanted to get the ride in and you wanted everyone to wait for you. I didn't want them to wait for me. I wanted them to keep the food out. <laughs> don't give me cold leftovers. So, whatever. It, you know... Okay, hold on. Sidebar. Okay, favorite Thanksgiving food item? Turkey. Turkey. Wow, okay. Turkey because you can crush it. You can make Sam. Oh, so they make their own jardinere. It's a Chicago thing, you know? It's like the, it's basically just, it's not pickled vegetables, but there's like an oil to it. And they put it on Italian beef in Chicago. Well, I did the turkey version on this. My sister did go out of her way to get me tons of fresh bread, which was cr- 
clutch. So I said this was the Chicago style turkey sandwich or whatever, and it was turkey with jardinier. I put a little bit of homemade hot sauce from this Mexican lady, and it was all these flavors. It was really good. The other really good thing was I did eat some sugar and my sister was super pumped that she got me to do it. I had a piece of this apple cake, which was very good. The amount of desserts there was bonkers. So I was pretty happy that I made it out of there without putting myself into a sugar coma. There was something else that was really delicious though. Uh, I can't remember. I have to look like a picture. But yeah, I think turkey. I like. I'm, not I'm surprised big... to hear you say turkey, man. Oh, they made some homemade fries when they did that deep fried turkey. Those were very good. I'm not a stuffing person. Sweet potatoes are good, but it's not my favorite because I eat those anyways. And I do cook turkeys. Well, like turkey. I don't even know. There's not a full turkey, but I buy turkey normally anyways, or I shouldn't say normally, monthly. Get a couple pound butter ball, throw that puppy in the oven. And so it was good. I don't know. How was yours? Mine was good. And what's we your favorite it? food? Mashed potatoes, hands down. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. I love mashed potatoes. We don't, but we also don't, Lucy and I aren't really big cooks. Like we don't, we don't do anything extravagant. Like in my mind, mashed potatoes are extravagant. Mm. <laughs> um, so you have to put effort yeah. into it. I mean, I, I prefer to throw potatoes in like a hot pot and just hit yeah. the button right eat so much i'm burning so many calories that i just can't get decadent with everything you know dude actually i had a question for you about this eating calories i was thinking about this today like i've been off my training plan which i'm sure you can you can attest to as well but i'm, I'm getting back on Wait, it as of me or a test of your training plan no 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 i'm saying you can also comment on my i'm saying you would be be able to i'm asking you not to but i know you would be okay able to. i thought you were saying i was off my train but I was <laughs> oh like, no 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 wrong no no dude you're you're doubling down you're getting into it i'm getting into it but what i was saying was so today's recovery day and like and you have this as well like dude i'm like crazy hungry today what, what do you do on those days and like i've read some some things about this like you know like just you know snack more healthy snacks throughout the day and how do you handle that on the recovery day? Cause like the appetite is still there. Yeah. So for me, the thing that helps me the most is the recovery days are so busy for work that I just try to eat, get out of the kitchen. I have my coffee. I'll usually allow myself an extra coffee that day. Maybe it's a, like a third coffee. I do do, I do consume more veggies, whether it's carrots, celery, I'm I'm probably more lenient with fruit than I should be because of the the sugar aspect but I think one of the huge pluses of cutting out artificial sugar from my diet is way less cravings on rest days. I've no doubt taken off 3 pounds from not eating processed sugar and food and it's really more the sugar like no candy um I've got, you know, we got rid of all the sauces from ketchups that had sugar. It's just in everything. So, and more water. But I think, honestly, if you're in the kitchen, you're going to eat. And even on a rest day, if I eat, I still feel not full, especially if I've been training a ton. So it's trying to, but I also want to say, I think a very key point here is your body's trying to recover. So you might need a few more calories. You need to just pick wisely. And I would say pour it out on a plate because even if I love raisins and almonds, it's one of my favorite things to eat. I eat it every day. If it's well, a rest- I got to jump in here because I talked to you. I, we, were, we were talking on the phone, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And I've since bought raisins and almonds. And that's been my go-to. And it's, it's delicious. been really good. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you really want to get funky, take a bite of a banana and then go in on that mix yeah it's so good that's the first thing i eat after almost every bike ride i eat either an apple and raisins and almonds or if we're getting freaky do the banana raisins and almonds and then i go shower and then i come back and but the thing is is that people will 
sense that they, uh oh, this hunger monster, it's recovery day. They, they are really good from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then it catches up to them. And from 5.30 till bedtime, they are plowing food. I think you want to have a super solid breakfast. I don't know why people say recovery day. I'm not, I don't need to eat breakfast. You're going to be so hungry later. And your body is literally trying to recover. It needs nourishment. Don't starve yourself. Just eat high nutrient, lower calorie later in the day, but you still need to eat. I had, when I was, I remember first riding or first training and was reading the wrong magazines. It's all be light, be light, be light. And I was too light. And I would have these binges that were uncontrollable. I can picture myself in my old house in Rochester, just crushing food. It was like you were a animal let out of a cage and it just clearly did not, was not handling the intake properly. So with that said, I think it's the choices. I think get out of the kitchen and just stay busy and bring snacks with you. I went to take my bike to the shop the other day. So I brought some fresh bread that I had. I brought two apples, banana. I did not bring almonds. What else did I bring? A bag of carrots and a huge thing of water. And so come prepared for situations where you're not going to, you know, be around good food. And it's just... I don't think, I think it's okay to feel hunger, but, and we're, we're not used to that as humans now. Food's just so easily accessible, but there's still that I need to starve myself and fighting those feelings for a really long time that doesn't make you faster, period. End of story. Agreed, man. That's what I've been, I've, Tried. I've been doubling down on breakfast on these days, knowing that inevitably I'm going to be hungry. And other people say, oh, you know, on my off day, I eat an omelet or whatever. I don't really, sometimes I wake up and I think, ooh, I really want some oatmeal, even though it's a rest day. And I, and then I could be 100% wrong on this, the whole, well, then if you throw a banana in there and if you put some raisins in, you're really spiking your blood sugar and you'll be hungry later. I don't really feel that. I don't, I feel, but if I'm eating eggs, I don't want to eat too many eggs. That's a t- that there is fat in that. And it's good. And, you know, it's natural, but I'm not going to go overboard. And even if I throw veggies in there, then what else am I going to eat with? Then maybe I have to make some rice or then maybe I need to eat some bread with that. You still have to eat. There's still carbs coming in there or, you know, or your ratios are going to be so off unless you're somehow only eating protein. I wouldn't go high fat. I did. It doesn't work for me, but you know, fine. Again, find what works for you. For sure. Just don't be starving all day. I think another good clue is if I drink coffee and start to feel kind of funny or I'm like, you know, Ooh, maybe my stomach doesn't feel right. I'm like, damn, I have, I'm not eating enough, but I think veggies are so key. So, so key. And veggies in the Instapot make soup because soup, then the fluid makes you feel fuller. I want good and easy. I'll take, let me make, guys, we're making chapters here because you people are savages and request this Instapot recipe. Yeah, I want to talk Instapot because, but keep going. Okay, so I will buy pearl onions and I'll buy street roasted corn. This is all frozen. Pearl onions, street roasted corn. Definitely got to get the pepper medley go wild and get what do they call Mediterranean blend. This is at Whole Foods simply because Publix is a rip off in Florida and I have no Wegmans and I went to Walmart here one time and it was not in a good area. So like, eh. Wegmans, this guy's from upstate New York. What up Wegmans? So <laughs> keeping it real. Uh, and then whatever other veggies you want, throw them in, in some pot, maybe put a little oil on them. If you want to get pro, you could saute them first. I don't even really feel that's necessary, especially if you're hungry. Throw half a carton of chicken stock in there. Chris went buck wild last night and actually slipped in a small can of tomato sauce, which we'll get to this. Put it in. You can put the soup button. Um, 
hit the soup button. It's done in 10 minutes. You could put it on hot. You, however you want to get, just get, get it heated up, get the veggies rolling. It's so good. I never realized vegetable soup when I was a kid on the rim of the bowl there would have that orange like color. That's tomato sauce. Just, I don't know, being a kid, I always remember oh, that orange stuff, huh? And it happened last night. And it was a throwback to 35 years ago. And I was like, whoa, that's tomato sauce. I just learned something. So I've been eating tomato sauce a lot because I used to get ABC vegetable soup. I was stoked on that. So anyways, that's the easy peasy one. Now, most smart people will realize what will happen to this. I thought I was going to be super smart after this big ride two, a week ago. I'm like, I'm going to throw some quinoa in here. Let's get a little grain floating around in the soup. Open up the Instapot. Obviously, the grain soaked up the water. It was quinoa and vegetables. So I killed the soup that day. But it was still pretty good. Like, everything cooked well. The quinoa was a little mushy. So... We threw some long grain rice in last night, and I don't think it cooked enough. So there's a little bit of dabbling and dialing. I wouldn't bring out the Instapot for your fine dining guests, but if it's you and Lucy and you just want to have some fun, it's kind of like, let's throw this in there. Um, Oh, and fresh garlic was really good. And then obviously like salt and pepper and whatever else you you want to put in. There's a... I'm not going to buy this again because I realized it was $8 and I felt like it was a little steep. I'm like pretty frugal with some things. It's next to the hummus. It's called red pepper dip and dipping veggies is good in it, but it's sort of drip like too viscous. And so I took a scoop of that and threw it in the soup two weeks ago and that was banging. It wasn't too hot, but it was definitely a little spicy. So, you know, I'm glad we talked because I've mentioned Okay, let's take a step back here to, to Lucy you and have I. have an Instapot. So we don't, but I'll, I'll get to why. Buy one. Okay. $99. Get we it. were always anti-rice cooker. I don't know why, but then we bought a rice cooker, and it's the best thing that we've ever bought. And then we have a coffee machine, and which I know this is going to be controversial, but I do just drip coffee programmed, and it's amazing. The coffee's ready to go in the morning. So we've like automated our breakfast because we do oatmeal in the rice cooker as well. And I was like, let's keep automating things. Can we get an Instapot? But she's a pescatarian. So she was like, oh, you can't really do an Instapot without, without putting meat in there. And I was like, I didn't do any research. I've done no research at all. Um, Lucy, but now talking Lucy, to you, Lucy, I'm like, dude, we need to Lucy, do this. Lucy, yeah. Lucy. She's going to storm in here. She's probably listening. <laughs> this is live, everybody. Just kidding. <laughs> um, what? Wait. So I'm going to, this chapter is going to be called Josh's Breakfast and Lucy is Crazy. Um, and Lucy's fish something question mark. I'll, I'll figure that one out later. Um, why did she think there had to be meat in that? That's the funniest thing. That's like saying, maybe- we can't get this rice cooker. You have to put meat in there. <laughs> well, I don't know much about rice cookers. So could, couldn't you just throw veggies in there too? Is that almost like an Instapot? There is a mixed setting, which we haven't used. I don't know how, but I, that's, I should check that out. I think you can, we could do veggies in there, like peppers Are you guys and stuff scared for sure. Of experimenting? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just want to clear that up. <laughs> you can't break it. I mean, I would yeah. just go for it. Yeah. We had, my sister got me an instant pot and three, four, many years ago. And at first I thought this is stupid. I'm never going to use this. And then I tried it. I still don't, it's nice for rice. Cause you don't have to attend to it. Sometimes it sticks to the bottom. I had read that that is because excuse me some people say it's if you have the keep warm button on da, 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 da. i think it just happens if anyone has a really gucci trick for that never to happen let me know but it's usually spot on and you don't have to watch it at all which is nice the nice thing about the instapot is since it's in a pot it has a huge side you want to saute spinach put a whole bag in there throw the olive oil on i hate sauteing spinach in a pan Things are going everywhere. There's going to be a little piece that tries to fly out. It, if you keep it all on there, it's a major win. It, and the cleanup is so easy. And if you want to do chicken soup, put some chicken breasts in there. You know, Get them going on both sides. Sear them a little bit and then throw all the other stuff in. Cook it on high for a few minutes. It's done. You, never, you use one thing. It's amazing in that aspect. And our place in Florida is pretty tiny. So that is also huge. It always is. It's amazing how quickly 
humanity adapts to things going from a house. Then we got here and I was thinking, whoa, where am I going to do my bike? I do everything outside of my car for the bike and I don't have a stand here. You just adapt. So yeah, you know, quick, quick and easy, but my note says Instapot buy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's a good note. Can we, but last question on this, cause just cause you're like a wealth of information here. Can you set that? Can I like go for a ride? Can I put this stuff in there and like have it be ready at a time? I believe so. So we, yeah, that's risky. Right. I mean, only because you could decide to go longer. Yeah. Um, all right, dude, I got a bunch of topics, but I see, do you have anything specific on your list? Uh, I think I got some fake Shimano parts off Amazon. Oh boy. Just a heads up to people. I don't know if people want to hear me talk about this, but 3949 fake Shimano parts chapter. The I had my pedals and do you use Shimano pedals? No, speed play. Okay. So when the pedal starts to go, in my opinion, or the cleat, there's float, but it's a different float. It's kind of feels like you're skating a little bit and I'll ride it a couple times and I deal with it. And then I just notice and I think, okay, I'm just going to change my cleats. I change my cleats pretty often. They don't look good. Or let me take that back. Cause I know people ride cleats way too long. Once they start moving around, I change them because I feel like it affects the pedal. The other problem is I go through pedals pretty quickly and the I don't want to sound like a, I don't want to say the word douche. Is that, r-rated i don't want to sound like a douche but someone's like man you stomp on pedals i'm you're gonna go through a couple pairs in the season other people i called shimano to ask them and this guy said oh well i have durius pedals since 1989 i said okay well i have ridden these for 11,000 miles and i think they're toast and this is what happened i went out and i changed the cleats and i looked in the shimano stamp and i can't remember where i bought these cleats from the shimano stamp was in a different place and the little there's these little bracket things you put on before you put the screw in. They were anodized different. And I'm like, this is not right. Maybe they changed it. I don't know. It's COVID. I'm just going to put these puppies on. They felt normal. I go to clip in and it was not the same feeling. And I'm, this is something's totally off. So I'm about to take the pedal off and I unclip and a piece of the plastic chips off. So I'm like, these are definitely fake. So I take those off put on cleats. I had backup pedals. So I take those cleats out. They're definitely from Shimano, put those on, put them in the pedal. It's still a little loosey goosey. So then I changed the pedal. Boom. Perfect. So I'm thinking, geez, I put on new cleats on the old pedals that only have 11,000 miles and it's loose. I'm going to send them in. I'm going to take them to a shop here. So this guy's like, wow, 11,000 miles. That's a lot of miles this year. And I really want to be like, dude, I'm about, I'm at 18,000. This is on these pedals, but I didn't want to sound like a D. So I said, well, man, you just told me you had pedals from 1989, like what, or from wherever, I can't remember what year he said. It was a long time ago. And I'm like, don't you think they should last longer? He's like, well, 11,000 miles in a year. And he like started kind of being against me on this. And I said, listen, can I just send these in for a replacement? He's like, well, you know, if you send them in, it's going to take us a couple of weeks and we're going to have to look at them and, and you might not get a warranty back. I said, it's worth it for me to, to get a free pair of pedals. Says, no, no, no. You're not definitely getting a free pair of pedals. I said, well, I mean, if they find that it's defected or something, he's like, well, you're going to be out of these pedals for two weeks. I said, dude, the pedals busted. I'm going to throw them in the car. I'm like, why are you fighting me on this? <laughs> like, never mind. I'm going to go to the store. Freaking annoying. And I love Shimano. They're starting to get a little, maybe it was just that guy. I don't know. But uh, so, yeah. Anyways, the point of all this is, I said, hey, let me ask you this question. On Amazon, I'm looking at a thing here and it says, visit the Shimano store. Is this actually you guys? He said, everybody puts that. You know how you tell? Scroll down and it'll say sent by and see who that is. Scroll down and it was from someplace in Japan, but which makes me think it'd be it, like, it, it'd more be worried to be fake if it came from some random place in China. But yeah. I don't know. So then I was wondering, maybe these are Japanese, you know, it's different products have slightly different things. Sometimes maybe there's like a Japanese pedal that matches that cleat or something. Either way, I'm throwing the freaking cleats out. I'm going to try and get new pedals. Dude, I got to ask 
ask you here though. I I would never buy something from Amazon though. Like I'm saying for stuff like that, I'd always go like competitive cyclists or something I like that. Realize that now. Yeah. But also, I'm guessing giving you this is this probably went to your mind as well. Things are hard to find. You probably found them in stock, and you're like, dude, nice. I thought, oh crap, what if pedals aren't available? I'm gonna buy a backup pair. Didn't even think fake things. Yeah. To be honest with you, I go to the bike shop. I want to support the lo- local bike shop. The only time, and I tell it. I mean, I go to three, four different bike shops. The only time I tell them, I'm like, listen, people are gonna give me a good price. They know I'm gonna help promote their stuff. I feel like I'm a good human to deal with and I buy a ton of crap from a bike shop. I'm most likely going to order a chain online because I forget and I'm like, Oh damn, I need a chain right now. And they don't have a Durace chain. So if they don't have it. I'm not going to wait around. And that's my bad for maybe not planning. So I try to stay on top of it, but I've really been into lately just taking my bike to a local bike shop and say, make this look pretty again. The saying, what is it? Clean bike is a fast bike. This is chapter 44. People are going to love this. Clean bike is a fast bike. For those of you that don't know what I'm doing on YouTube, you can make chapters and people don't want to listen to the whole episode, but they want me to put the timestamps. So we're going to try and do that for all you YouTube fans. (laughs) Sorry, podcasters. So yeah, I take it in and I'm say, hey, make this pretty. And then you also have a professional who's seen the bike in a manner that I will never see it. It's the way if somebody sent me, if I sent Joey Pants 43, a power file, he's not going to see it as good as I see it. I can breeze through those because it's all I look at every day. People in the bike right away, they're like, ooh, whoa, what's this? I mean, that's after I take the frame bag off. But after I get that out of the way, it's, uh, yeah, so... Shout out to Christian at Trek and Boyton. There's so many good bike shops down here. Um, you know, so anyways, yeah, they, they dialed it up, new tape, put on a new big chain ring. And I think I'm all authentic now. So, and shout out to Moab in Murfreesboro and Nashville because they continue to help me out even though I've moved. And so, yeah. Buy the real parts. Support your local local bike shops. I know. So, I feel like people say that, and it's like, all right, they roll their eyes. But if, when you get in a pinch and you need something, your shop is going to help you out. That's why I go there, and I never okay. ask for a discount. And surprisingly, a discount shows up when you don't ask for it. You don't hem and haul with them. I learned a good lesson actually when I was new to cycling. I went and I bought. I was going to go buy these fenders. Because no fenders, no friendship on winter rides. If you go out in Rochester and you have a fixed gear and you're spraying up water, get to the back, buddy. Because you have no fenders means no friendship. So anyways, I went to buy these fenders. And I they were the SKS race blades. I think they might have been, whatever, 90 bucks. I was new to cycling. I'm thinking 90 bucks for fenders or however much they were. I wasn't used to spending a whole paycheck on bike stuff. So I go onto this thing called the internet. I found them for $50. I order them. I could not get the damn things on the bike. I was so stupid that I couldn't get them mounted so that the, the tire kept rubbing one way or the other. Again, being new, I'm thinking this should fit on here. I didn't realize like, dude, just bend the metal and make them fit. So I walked back to the bike shop and I said, hey man, I'm gonna walk back here with my tail on my legs. I was gonna buy those. I can't get these on my bike. Will you help me out? And I'll pay you whatever the service fee is. And just for the record, I feel like a total tool. I won't do this again. And so the guy puts them on the bike. He goes, here you go. And I go, all right, how much are you? He goes, nothing. Just lesson learned. I said, got it. And so from that day on, I was, the bike shop is there for a reason. And I fully get it. If you are at a bike shop that is, there are bad bike shops. If you are one that's trying to gouge you, there are, I've seen plenty. I've been, hosed by some bike shops you just don't you never go back and you tell other people don't go there because they are not happy but a bike shop needs to make money they pay a fair they get a fair price you pay them they're there all the time it's amazing i mean yeah so i have a sks race blade hack for anybody who is using those i know there's two different ones but the ones that like connect to your uh seat stays 
if you're worried about it uh, messing up your paint, you can take an old tube that you flatted, cut it into a little piece and wrap it around the chain stay and then put the thing on. Maybe everyone knows this, but I'm saying I, oh, yeah. That's a good hack. Works well. I, you just, I put like tape down. You can do it, that as well. It yeah. will, I, yeah. I didn't do that the first time. It will gouge the hell out of your pain. But I'm yep. pretty much doing that to my Venge with this frame bag. So I got a new bike though, which I'm not even going to build for a while. Uh, the BMC. Ah, uh, nice man. Yeah, pumped. I'm actually really curious how this is going to be versus an aero bike. Everyone's like, you're going to love it. Does it go 30 quickly? So we'll see. But did you go same group set? And we already talked about this. I can't remember though. Did we? Uh, I maybe you mentioned it or something. Yeah. Cobbled together set. I have a Durace rear derailleur somehow. I have some shifters. I'm going to just build it up with things I have. And. I would only, the only reason I'm going, I don't even know why I have this Durace derailleur. I can't remember what bike it came from. I, one got warrantied and I got ended up with a Durace one. I would have bought Altegra just because so many miles just crushed through things. And the reason I'm not going to build it up down here, I think the salt really eats stuff from Florida. So I don't know. It's, we'll see what happens. Would you go the new DI? I know you already have your group set, but I'm saying if it was available, would you buy the new DI too? Uh, because of 12 speed, are you asking? Oh yeah, I guess because of, well, yeah, because of 12 speed or just because it's new or are you like, no, nah, I'm going to wait for the second generation. Yeah. So I'm usually more a second gen guy or third gen. I usually just ride what I have. I think if I was on cables, I would no doubt jump over. DI2 is phenomenal. My, the funniest thing, you know, it's actually not even that funny. The interesting thing is when this iPhone which is the 12 maybe is that what the one came out i was kind of in the needing a new phone i'm gonna get the new phone got the new phone this has been a bad purchase because at one point in transitioning from the phone i had to this phone both were bricked and then i got one on and apparently in blowing rock definitely in blowing rock there's no 5g anywhere so you'd be better off with a 4G phone. So this barely works there. And there are times where I'll pick up my phone and it says, your phone's not activated. <laughs> I'm thinking it definitely is. I just talked on it, you Siri. So, and Chris laughs because he said, you never buy the new thing. And it's so weird. You got this phone and it's been a horrible experience. So they had the 13 come out. I thought, Maybe I should just upgrade real quick to get out of this one. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I just wait at this point. So... Mm, I might wait. I don't know. I really like Shimano, but I had a lot of problems with their hydraulic brakes. We had good two mechanics look through and couldn't figure out what was going on. They were bleeding at one point, or I shouldn't say bleeding. They were dripping out of the back of one. I went through two or three warranted pairs, and I know everyone who hates Shimano right now is like, yeah, I don't like SRAM. So no, I'm not going to use it yet. Maybe someday I would try it, but I don't care for SRAM. So what about Campy? I've never ridden it. And I really, yeah. to be fair, with SRAM, the only I had rival on a cross bike. So the shifting was horrendous. I would have preferred down tube shifters. It was and then with cross everything gets mucky and you'd go to go in a harder gear, you'd go in an easier gear, whatever it was, because it had that one shift lever, which is the worst invention ever. So I don't know. Maybe I would try something different at some point, but as long when Shimano works, though, it's great. So I got to jump in here because I have rival on both my bikes, just because I on the on both the cross bikes, just because okay. I break it all the time. And dude, I will tell you, I it gets disgusting, and I hit it with the hose, and it runs great every time. Maybe you are a better shifter than I am. <laughs> with that one button though that drive it's so stupid Why dude i love that? the one i love the one button man don't tell me that there's never a time when you go to go in an easier gear and there is no easier gear and then it dumps you down to a harder gear oh dude that's super that's frustrating that's Thank very you. frustrating yeah super it's i need another gear and it's just not that there isn't one it says ha sucker harder gear it's just yeah i can't maybe i would try their electronic but i don't know and you gotta worry about the battery. I, yeah, but I don't know. I've had a good luck. I have the uh, and the I've Axis. heard bad things about the batteries. But I have the Axis dropper post on my mountain bike, um, 
and it's you don't use it as much as shifting obviously but it's been it's been awesome that thing lasts forever but i don't ride the mountain bike like every day so you ride it a lot yeah and more than i should definitely if you want to be <laughs> really good across i think so have you done that podcast with that upcoming cross guy you can ask him that uh good question yo jeremy powers i know you're watching get on our podcast dude not happening. yeah i don't know we've yeah jeremy yeah i will hope maybe he'll get back to us hey guys if you guys know jeremy hit him up dude you know what i didn't know jeremy the only reason i'm getting testy is because it would be amazing to have you on here you know jeremy the og Jeez. He doesn't. He doesn't work for GCN anymore. I think he he left. He he does commentate some of the races, but he now he's like full time with Whoop, which I didn't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, the yeah. What else you got? I had. Some I got. Other... Yeah. Go ahead. I got a good. This is a segue into cross stuff, dude. I want to talk about this weekend because there's some big news. Tell me. We got Tommy Pidcock coming back. And we got Walt Van Art coming back. They're racing on Saturday. To the podcast. No, unfortunately no. not to the podcast. I think we did reach, I think Alex reached out to Tom though. And but, but a dude like Tom, you, he's, I think he's a good dude. I don't know, but you, you don't usually get a response, unfortunately. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. Well, what's so, so these guys are coming back from what? Enlighten me. Just, I don't know what's going on. Just not racing, man. They those guys all like Tom and Vanderpool and Wow, like the 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 big three, if you will, on the men's side. Like they always come late to the season. Well, they have the last couple of years, and it's always a big deal when they come back. So they come. <clears throat> excuse me. They come out and race. Take a, how long is their break usually? I think it varies. Well, I mean, Tom's was was strange because he raced uh, the Vuelta, which was his first Grand Tour. So it was he had like a massive season so um and then Walt was i think he was i don't know what he was doing he, i think he did something he's been doing uh, yeah like late season well the season was so weird i think didn't he do like wasn't perry roubaix in like october or something or yeah i don't follow pro racing enough yeah to even remember i can't I, I, yeah i can't remember but anyway so that that's they're, they're so much they're racing so much on the road now that it skews their cross season but it's always interesting because they'll come back Usually Matthew comes back and he just instantly wins from the back row, which is like always fun to watch. Which, I mean, it makes sense. They come back later because they want to win in January. For sure. Yeah. So I think there's a training tip there for you for next year. Can be. Yeah. Yes. But my season also is different because we, uh, there aren't any races, but yes, I'm saying I'd have to skew it. I think what you're saying is skewing it for my own schedule. Not, not for this late, but Yes. Yeah, not for this late. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just they take that break. Wonder what they're doing. Are you on Strava looking? Uh, I know Tom spends a lot of time on the mountain bike, but Tom's also like, you also can't really compare yourself to those dudes though, because like they're, they're the outliers. Very true. Yeah. Very, 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 very true. Focus. Exactly. I think is the key. Um, Oh, tan lines, man. I'm changing subjects here um, from cross, but uh can't really see mine. I actually today was glistening in the sun. I don't look that tan on the screen, but my legs are tan. The face, the face tan lines. Oh, yeah. That's what we were talking about before. Yeah. What about them? I don't think I've ever had the face. I always want the face tan lines because I think it's gray. You have a beard. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like blondish. Thank you for calling it a beard. I appreciate that. Um but uh, I've always wanted the, the the face ones. I've never I've never had them. <laughs> you need to shave, and then but you don't get brown, do you? Like, do you tan? Yeah, you get... I, I tan, but I also don't wear sunscreen as much as I should. Ooh, that's not good. I know, I know. So do you burn? You look fair skin, maybe not. No, I'm I'm usually pretty good. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm pretty lucky there. Um. Hmm. You're not getting that long ride in right when it goes from winter to spring or summer. Like that's the one you get it the most. I think, you know, it's like a couple good rides. The straps don't move. And I don't know. I, I, yeah, I get it sometimes, but I'm pretty heavy on the SPF 50. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately if you want to get it, it just means you have to be out riding more often. Let's do it. Let's do it. it. 
Um, one more cross thing. Sure. This is this is kind of a little sad though. It's not well. Ellen Noble. I don't know if you follow Ellen on Instagram. Did you see her video? No, but is she the she, one that I heard some things about? Well, it's not bad. She 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 posted a video that she's retiring. Like, well, oh. she's taking she's taking a break. She didn't say retiring, but she's taking a break from pro cross hmm. and and cross country racing. Um, which is she's unfortunately had some some life things. Well, that stinks. Yeah. What did she say? What life things? She had like some. Um, uh, I don't want to like put, I can't remember exactly. You should watch the videos on Instagram, but yeah, I think she, she kind of battled with some health issues and then she came back and then she had an unfortunate crash. And I think she, she, I can't remember exactly something with her spine, but it was, it was pretty serious. Okay. So I was actually thinking of whatever happened to Katie Compton. Wasn't she the one that got popped? She got caught yeah, doping. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with that? Dude, to be honest with you, I, I haven't heard anything. Like it was, it was a story for a while, and that that's was, pretty yeah. shocking to the U.S. crossing. Oh, dude, super. She was always, you know, KFC, Katie effing Compton. You know, like it was, she was a big deal. Yeah, where did that come from? I always thought that was really stupid. I don't know to be honest with you where it came from, but she she did wear the KFC kit. That was like her her team. Were they sponsored by KFC? No, 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 not no, not sponsored by KFC. Why Different not? KFC. I don't know. Freaking Compton. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, cheaters eating chicken. Well, yeah. CEC. CEC, without a doubt. No doubt. I had a few other topics, but we're at an hour. So did we delve into enough bike stuff? I feel like we talked about a lot of other things. No, I think it's all right. You know, to be honest with you, man, and I've mentioned this to you before and and I, people, at least from my side, they enjoy the banter. They want to talk, they want it to be like bike adjacent, but they, they enjoy us more talking about random things. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are going to be like, dude, it was great until that last episode where you didn't talk about bikes at all. There was no tech. There was no, well, there was some tech, fake parts. We talked about the pre-race. Like, yeah, okay, I guess it was bikey enough. This is Bike Radio. And we will have podcasts and videos coming up from Vuelta Ecuador. I will post a lot of stuff from the travel on my Instagram. Maybe some tweets if you're on Twitter. Um, at Brendan Hausler. And yeah, I just have no idea what this is going to be like. It's going to be crazy because the races, I believe, each day start at about 10 or 11. So be getting in the zone, let's say, from 8 till the race, 8 a.m. till the race starts. Race for four or five hours. So that's going to be three, four, depending when the day ends or depending how long it is. And then we have to I don't know if there's going to be a lot of transporting or if we're going to be finishing close to where the hotels are. I've really only done one race that was on the roll like this. And it doesn't sound bad, but when there's a two hour drive, it's horrible. And maybe it's not bad for these real pro guys who have a Gucci van and everything, but I was in a conversion van and it was just like, Oh my God, just get us to the place. And then we had to wash kits and, so yeah, it's going to be an adventure for sure. But we are going to try to do a morning podcast or a night podcast. We'll try and find some type of flow. And then, uh, yeah, that's what I got. I think next podcast, the things I was going to, well, I don't even have to talk about it. I crashed the other day, which is kind of funny. Totally fine. Bike's fine. Pay attention out there. Hit a huge pavement heave. It's probably... I went back and looked maybe six inches of just like a, and I was like, Whoa, jacked me off my bike when I was reaching back for my phone. I think next time I want to talk, Craig has an idea for a more whole 360 for an athletic viewpoint. He has, I don't know if he's talked to you about this. It's really cool. And then somebody asked me about ranges of FTP and how it affects my riding. And when do I ride by feel? And when do I ride by, you know, do I ever look at exactly, hey, 70% for this endurance ride? And then I also want to bring up the tempo riding. And I don't think it's temp. I haven't ridden more tempo, but I think 
go being in the mountains in North Carolina, I was maybe twerking a little bit too much. Some of these climbs are steep and you're doing 60, 70 RPM. I think high torque is good. I think too much torque to riding can catch up with the body. And it's funny that history repeats itself because I said that in that initial article that I think I wrote in 2018, I think that might've just been, I was getting kind of a tight back and my hip flexor had been bothering me a little bit and just some little like niggles. I think people call them. Is that the right term? I've never heard that, but sure. I think so. And uh, so, yeah, we can chat about that. And that's about it. Sweet. Well, dude, good luck. This is actually going to come out, I guess, while you're still racing. But yeah, have some fun. Oh, I will. We'll talk soon. See you, man. Bye.